Hi folks, it's Alison here and Nathan and I are trying a little experiment. By the time you see this, I'll be probably presiding over communion and then our congregation will move into our common meal, which we're now doing about once a month. So greetings to you from your sister church in Warrnambool, otherwise known as Sanctuary. And I'm sorry that I can't be here, at least on Zoom in person, but it's good to be here. So a newcomer at Sanctuary was sitting with a circle of women after the service and they were reflecting on the sermon together. And suddenly she said, wow, I've never seen that before. And I asked her what she noticed. She gestured to the men who were carrying in food and setting the table for our common meal. And everywhere else, she said, men talk and women serve. Well, not here, I said. Here, people take turns. And if you stay for the meal, you just might see some men doing the dishes afterwards. And I know this is true for when South Yarra meets also. If there's ever a story which tends to make women angry, it's probably Martha and Mary. Mary, that goody two-shoes, is lazing adoringly at Jesus' feet. Well, me? Well, I'm stuck in the kitchen and I'm clearing up the mess and I'm doing the bloody dishes again. Because someone has to serve the guests and someone has to clean up afterwards and someone has to sweep the crumbs off the floor. And if we all sat around just listening to Jesus, we'd never eat and the house would be a total mess. And yet, Jesus praises Mary. Typical. Can you hear the envy in those words? The frustration, the grief and the longing. Martha is crashing around the kitchen, rattling the pots and pans, making her displeasure heard throughout the house. She feels obliged to do this work and to offer hospitality. Oh, she just desperately wants to be sitting with her sister and listening to Jesus. Because we tend to see the world through patriarchal eyes, we tend to mishear Jesus and we keep those sisters apart. We think he's telling Martha to just stop cooking dinner, sit down here. Because we all know that those typically male prerogatives of reading the Bible and listening to preaching and talking about it, offering our opinion afterwards, we all know those things are best. And so women the world over feel belittled and resentful as they stir the pot and serve the meal and do the dishes afterwards, while men sit around doing the good thing of listening to Jesus. We don't often ask why women are usually the ones in the kitchen and why so few men take real responsibility for housework. We don't often ask why in our big cities, restaurants are filled with white customers talking and eating and drinking and laughing while people of colour are back in the kitchen chopping and cooking and plating the food. We don't often challenge those people who say complacently, I'm very much a Mary. I always sit and listen to Jesus. 
as Amartha rolls her eyes and reaches across and whisks away the dirty coffee cup. We don't because we usually think in binaries. Mary, Martha, contemplation, action. And we preference the powerful who have the luxury of choosing to sit. Jesus, well, he says sitting and listening is the better part. Who are we to argue? Actually, if we go back to the story, that's not quite what he says. He doesn't criticise the things that Martha is doing. He doesn't criticise her hospitality or her activity. He has no problem with her cooking dinner and serving, and it would be completely inconsistent if he did. Throughout the gospel, Jesus praises people who serve, and he raises them up as models for everybody else. As you will know, on the night that he was betrayed, he washed his disciples' feet, taking on the role of the lowliest serving girl. If you want to be like me, he says, wash each other's feet. Wash your children's stinky feet. Wash the cracked and damaged feet of homeless men. Wash the feet of the sick and the suffering and the dying and invite the poor and the marginalised into your lives. And in all that you do, serve. And he doesn't pit sister against sister. That was Martha's doing. Jesus came not to divide, but to unite, to bring people together in love and healthy relationships, to lead those sisters to sit together. But how does he do this? Well, first we have to remember that this is a story and in a story, every word matters. In this story, Martha invites Jesus into her dwelling. Dwell in me, Jesus says in John, and I will dwell in you. In other words, the writer is telling us that Martha has invited Jesus into her very own self. But for Christ to make a home in Martha, some things are going to need to change. This is what happens when we invite Christ in. We will be renovated from the inside out. Maybe our heart of stone will be removed and transformed into a heart of flesh, capable of feeling both lament and joy. Maybe our tight grip on money will be relaxed into an open-handed generosity. Maybe fear and anxiety will no longer control and dictate our lives and will begin to live with trust. Maybe we'll feel called to upset some gender norms and more women will start talking about Jesus and more blokes will start listening and serving and enabling the women to sit. Or maybe like Martha, the unacknowledged envy and longing which chew us up and drive us to distraction will be rebuked. And the voice of accusation, the voice which accuses the guest of not caring and the sister of not contributing, will be challenged. Because this is what Jesus actually tackles. Not Martha's domestic work, 
not her cooking. Because in God's kingdom culture, ministry is service. Instead, Jesus rebukes the voice of the accuser, more commonly known as Satan. Martha is being driven to distraction by her envy. She's still living in chains. She wants to sit with Jesus. She wants to engage with Jesus. But she cannot claim that freedom. And so she pushes both her sister and Jesus away. And she does this through passive aggression. Notice that she doesn't speak directly to her sister. Instead, she triangulates. She tries to rope in the powerful guest, using him for her own purposes. Jesus becomes an object to her. Don't you care? She grumbles to Jesus. Tell her to do something. And Mary is sitting right there and listening. Martha, she blames Mary for not helping, even though Martha herself invited the guest in. And she blames the guest for not caring. She implies that things are unjust and unfair. She's self-centred and she's accusatory to others. In other words, her heart is deeply troubled and not yet fully grounded in God. So it's into this heart that Jesus speaks, saying there should only be one thing. And this one thing is not any particular action or approach. It's not Mary versus Martha, or scholarship versus hospitality, or spiritual versus material, or contemplation versus action. Instead, this one good thing is to connect with God. It's to plug ourselves into the source of overflowing life. It's to invite Jesus to dwell in you and to let him make those necessary renovations so that you too become Christ-like. You become centred and grounded and whole and at peace with the world and at peace with yourself. When you are whole, Mary will no longer be the object of your envy and Jesus will no longer be roped in to justify your position and to uphold your grievances. When you are whole, you will trust that your sister is following the Spirit's call on her life and you won't blame her for the Spirit's call on yours. And when you are whole, you will notice a voice of accusation rising up in you. You'll hear it. Perhaps you'll confess it in prayer and just let it go. And then you might put down your wooden spoon and go and sit with your sister, draping an arm around her as together you listen to Jesus and engage with his words. As together you allow him to dwell ever more deeply in you and form you into the people that you are called to be. And then, confident perhaps and true, you will carry his spirit into your God-ordained, God-filled, God-led work. You might be serving the vulnerable. 
It might be advocating for the powerless. It might be welcoming strangers or reconciling relationships or caring for children or caring for the earth. It might be praying for the weak or it might be simply staying and listening to Jesus that little bit longer. Or maybe your work is indeed to cook dinner and to do the washing up. And if so, then when you are ready, you might go back to the kitchen. But this time, as you tie on that apron and pick up that wooden spoon, you might lift up your voice and sing. In the name of Christ, I pray that you will know this wholeness and this fullness in your life. Amen.